Today's podcast is brought to you by Dell Expert Network. Dell Expert members receive a dedicated account manager. This is a personal one-on-one partnership dedicated to helping you grow your business. All account managers are extensively trained on a variety of Dell products. Your dedicated account manager, who is backed by a team of both subject matter and technical experts, will help you identify, plan, and execute projects for your clients. Together, your Dell Expert Network team will help you find the right solutions for your clients as well as flesh out larger opportunities. Join Dell Expert Network now at www.dell.com forward slash expert network to partner with your dedicated account manager. You are entering the MSP Zone, a podcast for the managed services community, covering news, analysis, and interviews from around the globe. Elevate your MSP game by staying in the MSP Zone. And now, your host, Charles Weaver. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to give an update on the MSP cyber talent topic. Um, we've been tracking this for you guys for a while now, and we 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 had some, I, I would say, early in the year hopes that we could crunch through some of these uh, difficulties, and we we have learned a lot going into 2022, and now that we're about ready to leave 2022. Um, well, sorry about that. We, we are in a much better place now than we were in terms of knowledge, in terms of our understanding of what we're dealing with. And I would say the market has dramatically shifted, dramatically shifted. Um, so some of you had asked, uh, left some comments out there and saying, hey, let's, let's, can we get an update on the, on the cyber talent uh, topic? So here it is. So you asked for it, you got it. So I'm going to just dive right in now. As, as usual, I'm going to cover some sensitive ground, and I don't mean to tweak anybody's you know, situation. I'm going to speak in some generalities. I'm going to be talking about the industry as a whole, so don't get offended. Don't get bothered. Don't get, you know, oh, man, you're, you're not talking about my company because we, we only hired the best cyber talent people out there. Well, great. I'm, I, I'm sure you do. I'm, I'm not talking about anybody in specific. I'm talking about the industry as a whole. And I'm just going to give you what you asked for, which is an update on the topic. So here it is. Um, we, we had, so going into, think back, right? Leaving 2021, entering 2022, we had a massive cybersecurity shortage. We still do, right? Don't let this fool you. We still have a shortage, a talent shortage. But think back. You have to think back a year now because a lot has happened. And going, leaving 2021, going to 2022, we were still kind of one foot into the pandemic, all right? 2021 was still a lot of uncertainty, travel restrictions for in, in a lot of places. It wasn't really until Q1 of 2022 that things really started to kind of break break open and, and return back to, to some normalcy. And in that framework, in, in that time span, we were, we were dealing with a ton of 
you know, kind of, I will call it awkward, unnatural, um, non-free market disruptors, okay? Economic disruptors, um, wage disruptors. Uh, you had the beginning, although I don't think it really peaked, but I think it was it was on it was in a in a fast ascendancy. You were in a really rapid uh, inflationary period at that time as well. It wasn't getting talked a lot about a lot, but it it was happening. And you you also had you know a period where. 2021 to 2022, you had organizations that were really uh, ramping up their their um, hiring. All right, so you you had inflation, you had an, an existing um, cybersecurity um, talent human resources gap. You had a the remnants of of a pandemic we were still trying to shake off. You still had you know as we still do today. Um, you know, high levels of cybersecurity attacks and threats. And on top of that, you had everybody in the private and public sector trying to hire cybersecurity people. All right, so that was what we were dealing with in 2021 to 2022. And we we came out of the gate, you know, around the time of MSP World uh, in March, we we came out and said, "Hey, look, we're going to start working with some universities to try to cultivate." And it wasn't just universities; it was working with universities and private sector. I'll call them vocational schools, uh, who were spinning up, had spun up, but but they were still early on in creating cybersecurity degree programs, and. That was our hope. That was our sincere hope that, that that kind of emergence of a, I'll call a secondary market of cybersecurity technical talent would be pumping out people, you know, at a greater rate than we've, we've been used to before, and that that would start to alleviate the, the situation with the MSP sector. I will say that as of today, that did not happen. Now, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I don't think it happened. I think that the cybersecurity educational market has largely failed us. Now, you may be out there in that community. You may be an educator. You may be working for one of these schools. You may be a graduate. You may be someone who's just going in there. You may be someone who just cut a big check I am very, very sorry, but, and it, it, remember, I'm talking in generalities, folks, so do not get angry. This may or may not apply to you. I'm just talking about at, at a very high industry-wide vantage point. I believe that the cybersecurity educational market has failed us, at least in the MSP sector, and I'll give you some reasons why. Um. I think that there. I think that the cybersecurity training and education business model was spun up so fast in response to a very legitimate, a still legitimate problem, and that it largely overpromised and underdelivered, meaning that the graduates of most of these programs are and had still have today 
wildly exaggerated notions of what they're worth out in the market. They don't have experience. And yeah, they'll, they'll tell you they have experience, but they don't. They, they don't really, they, ha- they have lab experience, which is not the same. They don't have work experience. Having a laboratory experience in the school that you're paying for your certificate or your degree or whatever it is that you're going through, them giving you lab experience, even if it's giving you experience with an actual tool, as good as that is, and I'm, I'm not saying there's anything bad or wrong with that. I, those are good things. I'm just saying that that experience level and that certificate or that degree does not make you a six-figure sock analyst capable of, of being hired on and in, in you're one or two years away from being a CISO. Sorry, not going to happen. Why am I saying this? You may be saying, Charles, what are you... My gosh, what are you talking about? We've been hiring these people left and right. I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I've been talking to actual MSPs who have been looking at these people. Some of them have hired them. Some of them have just looked at them, given them an evaluation and said, thanks, but no thanks. So I'm not giving you just a, a you know, pull it out of my hat type of analysis, folks. I'm I've been talking to a lot of MSPs this year, a lot of MSPs who do a lot of hiring of people in technical roles, specifically cyber. I'm relaying what they have told me. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just giving you what I've been told, okay? And I'm piecing together my own analysis as well. But it's, it's factual data from actual MSPs is the point. The MSPs that I've spoken to have said largely all the things that I just told you. Yes, we've, we've seen these cybersecurity graduates. We've actually interviewed them quite extensively from multiple different schools. And they are largely uh, people who maybe have some raw talent, some of them, but they largely have, uh, you know, overinflated a sense of worth. They, they are demanding far more in wages than, than the market will, will, um, will allow. They don't actually have any experience, and they don't actually have enough native knowledge to be able to be functional in a managed services environment. That's the reality I am being told by the MSPs. Okay? Now, you can not like that. You can pump your fist in the air and, and scream, why, why, why such an injustice? But I don't, you know, I'll, I'll tell you why in a little bit, but that's, that's it. That's reality, okay? Now you deal with it. Uh, because I'm dealing with it from, an, from a standpoint of the MSPs have an itch and they're not able to scratch it or they're scratching it in a different way. That's a bad metaphor. Let me start that over. The MSPs have a problem, they have a talent gap, specifically with cyber, specifically with security. And we thought that we had a solution for that in these vocational cybersecurity training boot camps. And I think for the most part, maybe there's a few that are really good, but for the most part, I think the ones that we've looked at, they're not, they're not worth anything. A lot of them got subsidies from the government to, to train, but are they actually 
getting jobs? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, and I have other reasons to say that. But I, I, I'm not going to talk about those now. But I have reasons to believe that there's a lot of those graduates out there slinging their resumes around wanting to get picked up. And guess what? They're not, they're not getting picked up. At least not by MSPs. So why this change? Why the, why the need going into 2022 with such hope that, yes, we're going to be able to hire you know, and fully staff up um, and yet today, you know, leaving 2022, going into 2023, MSPs are, are no, I shouldn't say they're no better off, but, but they still have a cyber talent, technical talent gap that they're trying to fill. Now, I personally think that the smarter ones are filling this gap, and I'll tell you how they're doing it and why that's working for them. Um. So we've talked about the the state of the cybersecurity vocational school graduate, right? They they don't have the work experience. They have some limited practical lab experience, but it's lab experience. It's not real world work experience. They have an overinflated sense of their value, and they have now found themselves into a vastly different market situation and a different market reality than when we went into the, the year 2022, what has changed? Well, I'll tell you the first, well, the, the, the inflation hasn't changed. I mean, we, we seem to be leveling off, you know, and there's an economic factor to all of this that has to be understood and, and, and acknowledged. But one of the undeniable, undeniable economic factors that has changed from the beginning of 2022 to now is uh, tech layoffs, specifically tech. And it's happened across the board, but it's happening at a lot of tech firms. And why, why is it happening in tech firms? I think it's happening in tech firms for a variety of reasons, but one of the chief reasons is that the tech industry was the most capable of supporting a remote work environment. And, you know, some of you may not like to hear this, but, you know, everybody seems to be pulling their remote workers back into the office and telling them, look, show up. Show up at the office. We don't think you're productive working at home. We don't think it's healthy for you to be at home. And and I get that. I get all those reasons. And I know that there's a lot of MSPs who still have that or have a kind of a flexible, kind of a hybrid approach. I, I, I get all those things. But in fairness, the MSPs have been, you know, many of them long dealing with remote work, you know, for, for many, many years. And they've figured out a way to do it. And they know how to hold employees accountable, remote employees, that is. The, the, the new to remote work organizations that have never really done this and don't don't have a culture of being able to do it and don't have the data or the tools necessary to hold productivity accountable um, have largely found out that they it wasn't successful, that remote employees are not more productive, that they have no idea what their remote employees are doing other than probably working one or two or three more side jobs. And um, they're pulling it back in. 
that was probably mid-year when we started to see these layoffs. Um, but we're also seeing, you know, pulling them back in and laying off at the same time, right? We want you to work in an office, but we're we're letting you you guys go, right? I mean, Twitter is is a is kind of a a flagship example, but it, it but it's been happening even before Twitter laid off fifty percent of their workforce. It's been happening at Facebook. It's been happening at Google. It's been happening all over the tech sector. So, how does that impact our our cyber talent gap? Well, it it, it actually helps a lot because we've suddenly got an influx of many, many thousands of technology workers who are out of a job. It's going to impact. It's going to, the pendulum has swung or it is swinging back in the direction of the, of the, of the company, right? For, for, for a while there, the employees could say, look, they could write their own ticket. If they had a pulse and they, and they knew how to spell cyber, they could pick, get picked up in a job and get a, a fair wage, more than a fair wage probably. I, I would probably say an unrealistic unfair wage for the, for the value that they were bringing. Not so today. Tech layoffs are definitely having an impact, and the MSPs are having a much different uh, look at candidates to, to hire. Third, and this is probably the biggest, and this is the this is the thing that's really kind of stunned me over the last year because listening to the MSPs, I, I know that this is something that MSPs have been practicing for many many years, and you know we we sometimes want to get you know smart and trying to think think our way out of a problem like we we tried to do earlier this year, and sometimes it's just the old ways or the good ways. What does that mean? Well, the MSPs that I talk to who, and I'm not saying it's easy for them, right? So don't, don't mistake what I'm saying for, oh, these, these MSPs got it easy. They have all the talent they need. I'm not saying that. They have struggles just like everybody else. What I'm saying is the MSPs that I talk to who have this figured out, they struggle with finding good people. But when they do find people, they, they know how to find them, they know how to vet them, they know how to train them, and that's, that's what matters. And MSPs that have figured out sources of, 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 of uh, talent pools typically do so not in the cybersecurity education space, but they do so from the customer service sector. I have heard... Too many MSP executives tell me, I will hire a waiter, a call center person. I will hire a customer service. I'll, I'll hire someone with retail experience, with public retail experience. Waiters, retail, call centers, service industry folks why 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 there what there's no mention of cyber anywhere why from those sectors because they have a skill set that is very hard to train to a technical person and that is how to deal with people who are angry who are upset after all part of the msp business other than being 
services, right? It's in the name. It's the S in MSP. Part of the job, part of the territory of being an MSP is dealing with, with, with users of a technical service or product, and it's going wrong, and they have a problem. And they call up the MSP and say, hey, I'm frustrated. I'm trying to do this thing and and the thing that you guys are selling, you sold us or the thing that you are managing for us doesn't work. Or maybe I don't work. I'm not using it the way it should. But the point is I can't get what I need to get done. Help me. I'm frustrated. Those are, those are skill sets that people who have dealt with the public have. They know how to deal with someone who's hungry and they're waiting for their food and the food has been delayed. They know how to deal with someone who's waiting for a room but the, ho- but the hotel cleaning staff hasn't you know, cleaned it so it's not exactly ready yet. They know how to deal with you know, rejection because they used to work in a call center and they, they're used to dealing with people on the phone who constantly hang up on them or you know, tell them off. What the MSPs have learned is that they can teach the technical a lot faster than they can teach the customer service. And so they're, they're going to the customer service sector first, finding people who have the, the disposition, the demeanor to be good at disarming people, at calming them, and, and also have the disposition and the, and the natural curiosity to be problem solvers in a technical fashion. That's where we find the MSPs are having the greatest success at getting talent. And it's not from the cybersecurity sources. So the takeaway here, some of you may be saying, Charles, what are you saying? Should we, should we stop looking for cybersecurity graduates? No, I'm not saying that. But, I, but you know, I, look, if you, if you need a VP of security, if you need a CISO, if you need a chief information officer, if you need a CTO, these are technical positions. A director of managed services, you know, these things are all professional grade positions that require, if not a degree, then certainly they require sufficient work experience and knowledge to possess those positions. For everybody else, tier one, tier two, tier three, perhaps, in, in technical or SNOC or SOC environments. I don't know if the security graduate sector is honestly serving the, the best needs of the MSP sector right now. I just don't know. that the, I, I haven't seen it. And I'm sure, you know, a couple of you MSPs out there have made these hires from these, these locations. I'm sure you have. And I don't mean to say that you've, you've hired poorly. I'm just saying from an industry-wide standpoint, what we are seeing is a, a major shift in the economics, number one, large-scale layoffs from mostly technical companies, and we're seeing MSPs who have a very specific skill set that is not being taught even still, even by the cybersecurity training centers. The MSPs are not being 
the, the graduates are not being taught a skill set that is of value to the MSP professional sector. Now, yes, that's, that's uh, disheartening. I'll be the first one to admit it. I'm, I'm a, I, I was a little bit, in prepping for this episode, I was a little bit um, discouraged. But, but at the same time, it gives me hope because the, the MSPs, like they always do, are figuring stuff out for themselves. They're figuring out how to solve a problem that nobody else has bothered to, to solve for them. And while I had hopes that the cybersecurity training centers would be filling that goal, filling that need, we have to acknowledge, as I am, that I don't believe they have. I don't think that they will, or at least not in the near future. I don't think they get what the MSPs need. I've had enough conversations with these cybersecurity training centers to understand that they don't understand the managed service provider. And I'll tell you this. The MSPs are probably, for the near term, far better off developing good documentation, good policies and procedures, good training materials, and having a solid onboarding and ongoing training program within their MSP practice, if you invest in that and you, and you start to source from the customer service sectors, you will have a far better chance of hiring, recruiting, and hiring, and maintaining really good talent within your company. There it is, folks. I, I can't say it any more plainly. And I, you know, do, do I hope that maybe the cybersecurity community or maybe the, um, the, the four-year, two-year, you know, degreed uh, schools or even vocational schools will, will create something unique? Well, I mean, I, I, yeah, I do hope that. I mean, we're still, still talking to people. But for the time being, I think the MSPs have as good a grasp on where to find the right talent for the, for the needs that they have. And it's not coming from the cybersecurity schools. If you have a perspective other than and it doesn't have to be other than. If you just have a perspective, if you have a comment, I'd love to hear from you guys because, again, I've, I'm trying to consolidate and crystallize the opinions of a lot of different MSPs I've talked to, and I, I, just, I just did that. But if you have maybe a slightly differing opinion, a different take on this, I'd love to hear it. Send an email, drop a comment out there, whatever. Um, participate in the, in the conversation because uh, we'd love to hear from you. But that's my take. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily bad, by the way. I, th I do think that it's there's a there's a positive outcome to this, which is we we can figure this out and we can we can we can continue to source good human talent. And hey, that's the good news that I take away from all this is that MSPs are still hiring; they still need to hire because they are growing, and that's always, in my book, a very positive thing. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a like. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you will get notified when future episodes are released. We will see you next time in the MSP Zone.